Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning, Thrive! Woo! Man, is God faithful? Come on! He is so good. I, whoo! It has been a week. Um, I, uh, let, I'm, let's try and think. So since the start of 2020, um, one, two... Uh, do we count outdoor at the same location? I don't know if we do. Uh, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. About, I think about nine or ten locations, maybe more, since the beginning of 2020. And not only that, we've seen people come to Christ more than ever, get baptized, uh, grow as a church, leaders step up, uh, and and. And it's amazing. And the thing is, the coolest part is we're in good company. So if you're like, this is weird, a church in the gym, like, you have no idea. <laughs> uh, it's only getting started. But God is so good. So, And even the rain that we were supposed to have this morning was God's provision. And, and uh, Mayor Steve and Chief Terry's with us this morning. Give him a huge hand. Um, they have, been, uh, they have been people who have fought for us and stood by us. Uh, Bob as well. Bob Morris is here. Cheers us on, part of the city. So thank you. Um, just honor where honor is due. Men of God in our city who have helped stand by us and find places for us to go. Um, or, or at least rub, our, rub, our, rub my back when they're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? And it's like, where are we going to go? And, and this week, uh, Mayor Steve's not here. I think he'll be here this afternoon at 2 p.m., um, different pastors, uh, more specifically, definitely African-American pastors, but it's open to everybody, praying just over our region, our city, our country, uh, breaking down, breaking down uh, barriers and strongholds. That, that's the event. It's going to be here. They're going to use our stuff. But we did it last year, actually, right outside. The city called us and said, hey, would you help them put this event on? And that was right after, of course, the tragic events of George Floyd and everything that happened there. And and then, of course, what erupted in our country from that. And the city just called us and said, hey, would you provide, you know, for us, would you help us put this event on? And we said, absolutely. Well, they called again and said, would you do it again? And we said, absolutely. Um, but we're supposed to be at the Lincoln Landing. Most of you know that. And then rain was supposed to be here. A lot of supposed tos. A lot of things that we think are supposed to happen. And, uh, and here's the cool thing. You are just a church that says when curveballs come, we, we just keep swinging. No? Yeah. Really. And so we were supposed to be in the Legion Hall for the summer. We are not. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then we we're supposed to have the event over there. And then, then we basically got the message that says, well, rain's supposed to come. Why don't move to City Hall? And I'll tell you what, probably could be there for the summer. You could leave your stuff up today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I do got to say, I got to say this really quick. I got, I literally got the key to City Hall 
<laughs> not to keep, not to keep, just to get in today. It's really hard not to over-spiritualize that one and be like, feels like the keys to the city. All right, moving on. <laughs> um, some of you are like, that's it, that's it. And I'm like, maybe, maybe, we'll just, just hold on. Just, we're just, 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 just pretty cool. I'm just going to say it's pretty cool. So um, I've made so many copies. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding. But uh, if you go on Craigslist, there's a running bit. And so anyway, um, so what I want to talk to you, though, I think this moment, and I, I, I'd like different things for my sermon today. We're wrapping up our remnant series today. Um, and what that is, is the Bible, there's a, there's a biblical theme of what we would call a remnant. Um, and that remnant is the strong faithful who hold on and stay in there to the end. And then through the end and to the other side and rebuild and see God move again. And that's a biblical theme. It's a biblical narrative. Pastor Jim from Calvary Church is here today. And, and give it up for him. him. Him and his wife, they are great people of God. Now, he would not say this, but he's kind of a theologian. And, 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 and I'm, I'm right to say that, right? The remnant is a biblical theme. You have to agree with me. Okay. <laughs> so... So, and we see that over and over, and, and in different ways. Sometimes it's a people, sometimes it's buildings, and, but it's, it's this idea of when it seems decimated and gone, God says there's a remnant, there's something left. You know, I'm still moving. I'm still doing things. When it seems like all is lost. So this town in particular, Lockport, every time we look elsewhere, we've looked at other buildings, other, every time we feel like God's just arresting us, saying, no here. And every time we're like, be flexible, God. You know? <laughs> and, and this is like, no, God's like, I want you here. I, I have something special. And, and I was just reading, I am no expert on Lockport or the history, but interestingly, this town was really built on the canal, which is much more of a creek now than maybe a full-on canal. You could probably, can you drive a boat down that? I've not tried. I'll probably be arrested if I... Would I be arrested? Probably, yeah. <laughs> You'd have to catch me, but... <laughs> um, and, and so the idea of this, this canal, though, is pre... pre even before trains, uh, before, obviously before uh, flights, uh, this, this was the best way. And a lot of people say St. Louis would be Chicago if it wasn't for Lockport. Because this connected the rivers to the Great Lakes back to the Mississippi. It, it did that thing. Am I right to say this, guys? Okay. So, and if you go to Delwood, you can see some of the, some of the, the I, I don't know what we'd call it, not ruins, but, but, but leftover pieces of, of, of the dam and things like that. But here's the thing. Obviously, that's not what kept this town going, right? We don't see a lot of river trade like we used to. And if you do, it's probably a drug deal. So... So, so it's something else. And so, and so what happened is a, a few years down the road after that, after this town kind of boomed from that, um, I believe it was the Cal Sag Canal went through, and it cut off some of the power and things to this town, and it kind of decimated this town for a while. This town wasn't the same. And it, it wasn't, this is before 355, okay? How many people remember life before 355? It was the worst. <laughs> um... And, uh, and, then, and, then, and then what happened is, uh, in the early 1900s, 
a town that would later, uh, a company that would later be called Texaco, right, moves in and starts an oil refinery on the edges of Lockport and gives life back to this town, right? And, and, but there were people who stayed here, right? There were people who didn't leave for whatever reason. Their family was here. They liked this town. They want to be in the area, but they didn't leave. And then somebody comes along and gives life back to that town. And this town lives off of, from what I'm told, off of that Texaco. So many jobs in this town came from that till the 1970s when they shut down. And then I'm told again, it decimated Lockport for a while. So many jobs were lost. People, people lost their lives. It wasn't the same. And then, and then what brings it back? Definitely what, now again, Lockport doesn't disappear, right? There are people who've lived here. Anybody here lived here like your whole life in Lockport? Anyone? Yeah? Okay. Been here a long time. Okay. And then in the early 2000s, what happens? 355 is built, right? And gives new life to this town in a new way. This town didn't go anywhere. Good things were happening. And it didn't, but it brought new life and it connected us back to the city more than we were ever connected before. So some people viewed Lockport as a town outside of Joliet. Not true, right? It was a major hub to Chicago for those who are from this area, but those who weren't viewed as distance. But what I want to talk about is that idea of those who hold on and rebuild, knowing when God has you somewhere and God is doing something and God is always moving, there's always the opportunity to rebuild. Just hold on, hang on, hold the line, fight back. God is going to do something. Something will show up. So we've been looking at one scripture throughout this series, but today I want to look at another, and it's in the book of Nehemiah. It's a pretty famous scripture out of that story. Long story short, I won't unpack the whole thing, but in the Old Testament... Nehemiah, matter of fact, Nehemiah and Ezra used to be one book. We, we separated them into two because we're, we're slow, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, but, but Nehemiah was a guy who, after Israel had been driven out of their land, become exiles, uh, he was going back to, he sees his city and he sees it torn to shreds. Still there, but broken down. And back then, the walls were gone. So if a walls to a city were gone, it's not like now. Nobody wants a wall now, or maybe you really want a wall. I don't care how you voted. Okay, but, 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 but back then, if you didn't have a wall, you could almost not have a city because it was your only line of defense. It was your main line. Like, this kept people from, that we didn't want in, out. That's how they protected themselves as a city. And so... But that wall was devastated, so they would regularly, anybody who was still living there, the remnant, would regularly get raided, robbed, pillaged, and all the things that come with that. And one day, God, Nehemiah sees a city, and he goes to, to, his, to his leadership, and he says, can I go back? Can I please help and go back and help rebuild my homeland? His heart breaks for his home. Doesn't live there, not part of it. But God did something there. That's where God did something in Nehemiah. That's his heritage spiritually. And he says, I want to see God do something again. Would you let me go rebuild it? And the king gives him permission. But what happens is the people who've been raiding and pillaging this, this place see, sees them rebuilding the wall. And they're not okay with it, right? Because it's like, I keep getting free stuff. 
You know, it'd be like after the riots, like they're putting the windows back. Don't do that. I want to keep going in and getting stuff, you know. Um, if, you, if, you, if you're the person who's like, I always leave my car running with the windows open and the doors unlocked, and they keep getting stolen. Yes, <laughs> that's what happens. That's what's going to happen, right? Um, if you're not from Chicago, that's what happens, Okay. Uh, Chicago land. We have, like, my wife is from Wisconsin. She was shocked to find that that's a thing. And I'm like, no, yeah, if you live here, you take your keys with <laughs> So um, she's been here a while. She knows the deal now. But, but uh, it, it took, a, you know, she's not used to that. And, and same thing there. You had to keep the walls up. You had to rebuild the wall. And Nehemiah, they, so they start fighting back, saying, we don't want you to rebuild. And so here's what they did. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half my men worked, while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their uh, their load and the other hand holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. So they're literally laying brick. They're, They're laying stone and there's a sword in the other hand saying, when the enemies come, we're ready. But while, but while we're waiting, we're working. Till God moves, we're going to get to work. And when the enemy comes, we're ready for war. What's happened, I think, in the last year and a half, but it's been happening way longer than that. The church in some places, in some arenas, not all, but the church has been, I can't think of another word than decimated. Okay, I grew up in a church in this town not far from here. That church was a thousand people. That church is not much larger than we are now. And it's not because they had a bunch of bad leaders and things like that. No, what's happened? Look everywhere. Look up the statistics, denominational lines. Massive shrinking in the church. And the only ones that are growing, literally the only churches that are growing across the globe right now that we know of, are churches that believe in the Holy Spirit and that He still moves today. And what is that called? That's called a remnant. That's called those who believe that God still moves, but that church was a Spirit-led church, and they're, they're, they're struggling to stay open, stay alive. Now here's the thing. Is it because we all did something wrong or because the enemy's winning? Not necessarily doesn't mean the enemy doesn't win sometimes. The enemy does. But even then, God has a plan. God always has a plan. If you're like, God, how could you allow this to happen to me? Instead of, God, what are you going to do with this? Where are you going to take me from here? What are you going to rebuild? See, we are sitting here today talking about the story of Nehemiah because the enemy got to break through. But God would take that story and show how he rebuilds, what he does with a remnant. For those who hold the line, who say, this far and no further. I'm not moving. 
Not on the truth. Not on the gospel. Not on Jesus. Not on, not on church. I'm not moving. I can move on a lot of stuff. I don't move on this. And it's not, it's not out of arrogance. It's out of humility because of what he did for us. We know who he is. And I belong to him. And I'm not moving on that. It's like moving on your marriage. No. No. I don't move on these things. And that's, that's what happened there. The enemy had decimated. We've seen it now. We've seen, right, how many churches. I know churches that have shut down from COVID. And I would actually say not from COVID, from government restrictions on the church by way of COVID. Because I know other churches that stayed open. You say, well, man, people died. Absolutely, it's horrific. Do you know people actually die every day? Did you know that? If not, you're weird, <laughs> right? It's, it's horrible. I had COVID. I know. It sucked. It was terrible. And at moments, it was scary. And thank God, here I am. But I knew that. See, kingdom people, people who believe, we understand we live in a broken, fallen world. We don't run into death, but we don't constantly spend our time trying to avoid it either. The enemy won over some churches and some people in this season. And yet God has a plan. The enemy had a plan. The enemy had a plan with Nehemiah. The enemy has had a plan with COVID. The enemy has a plan with government. The enemy always has a plan, but God always has his will. And the enemy's plans will always bow to God's will. Forever. So as much as we have taken hits, how many people, I, I look at this last year and I'm always like, the devil just always overplays his hand. Because there's a lot of people, two nights ago I went to the, uh, my, I took uh, two of my boys and we got to go and some of you were there to the Sean Foyt concert. That's how you say that, right, Foyt? I think so. Um, and and he, he's a guy who, who, he's a worship leader. And he just basically was like, I, I don't think I'm okay with this is telling us we can't worship the Lord. And can't gather. And so he started going out. And last summer he came here. And the city shut him down. Cut off his power. And so they began singing songs to an acoustic guitar. A thousand people down the streets of Chicago. And some of you are like, well, that's stupid. Nobody made anybody go anywhere. They made their own choice to go and worship. And if you're like, well, I wouldn't do that in COVID. Okay. <laughs> and that's your call. And that's Okay. But I went down, and man, people were worshiping. People were gathering. And what I saw there, to me, that's the heart of God. That when it says, you can't worship, like, man, then my hands are going higher. <laughs> There's a lot of freedom on this side of the gospel of grace of Jesus Christ. A lot of freedom. And some churches had to make different calls. You know, we're not, a, we're not a park view that has to answer for tens of thousands of people. They've got to answer different questions than I do. And, I don't, and whatever calls they've got to make is between them and the Lord, and we cheer them on. But here in this house, I just was like, no, we need to worship. The enemy has a plan. And I know church planting friends that I know, one in New Lenox, good man, love God, planted the church, felt the call, closed, gone, COVID. And that could have been us. I, I was there. I was like... 
we were, uh, if you don't know, pre-COVID, we just kind of plateaued. And we're like, all right, God, I know you called us, but come on, <laughs> help us out. And in that moment, and we went to video for months, but somewhere in there, I, I remember thinking, like, God, is this it? I mean, I don't, I don't, how do we survive this? How do we survive this? I get how they survive it. You know, they got staff. They can, they can go to video for five years. They'll be fine. How do we do it? We don't have that church. We don't have that base. We don't have, we don't have a media team. How do we do it? And yet, when God just says, don't quit, keep going, keep swinging, build. I know the enemy has a plan, but God has a will. And that's what we did. Man, he's not here today, but Eric, Eric stepped up. He's like, hey, I used to do Christian TV for such and such church. Why don't we build a studio in my basement? We got this. I remember like, what? <laughs> How is that possible? Toby Mac wrote in one of his songs, I remember, so good. If I go, I'm going to go down swinging if I go down. The enemy may have a plan, but God's purpose is in my heart. You know, martyrs all look like failures till God shows off. When God has a plan, just hold on. Keep plowing. You have no clue what he's going to do. That God could rebuild. And God, and some of you, you, you've been, and this is fair. You look at the church and you're like, but I've been hurt by it. And here's what I would say. The enemy has a plan, and the enemy even has a plan for your life. We always say stuff like, God has a plan for your life, which is true. The enemy also does. We don't preach that that much. The enemy has a special plan for your life. It's to see, kill, and destroy you. <laughs> and it could happen. You know, like, we don't preach that series. Like, uh, the enemy's great will for your life, that the devil wants to take you out. And you know what? If he can't do it outside the church, he'll try inside. Anybody here admit church people can be jerks? <laughs> yeah, don't point. Just raise your hand. <laughs> right? Well, there's times we can be the worst. Welcome to humanity. But how many of us have allowed God to even take that hurt, that pain, just whatever pain it is in your life, church hurt, people hurt, family hurt, and a God that says, hey, I can rebuild this. A lot of us have not let God do that. We let our hearts get decimated, and we never let God rebuild it. That's a mistake. Some of us, we keep healing at an arm's length because we think it's not meant for us. God can't do that. It hurts too much. Somebody could hurt me again. Yes, wind will also blow. Welcome to life. I like Mark Driscoll said, like, yeah, you got a mask up, you got a vaccine. Some people will be in heaven with a vaccine and a mask. And some people will be in hell with a vaccine and a mask. What we need to know is Jesus. And invite him in to let him heal what's broken and rebuild Instead of figuring out, why did they hurt me? Figure out, who can heal me? And his name is Jesus. He can rebuild this thing. When it seems decimated, he can rebuild. It says, half the men worked while the others stood guard. Here's what that means for us. So, so it said, 
people are building and their hands are on the sword. And then there's a whole other group that are building and they've got guards by them. Here's what that means. They understood what it takes to rebuild. When the church has taken hits, right? Has, can anybody say Christianity's taken a couple of hits the last 20 years or so? Some of them from the outside, some from within. When Ravi Zacharias was exposed after his death as this great man of God who apparently had serious broken sexual proclivities, most likely true, that is decimating to the church. It's horrible. What do we do with moments like that as the church? When a man or woman of God in the church that you loved and looked up to, what do you do? You're like, they, they destroyed me. I've had guys who I was like, I, I would love for you to spiritual father me. And they look at me and they're like, nah. Literally, that's an actual conversation I had. Pretty rough. Not a great moment. I was a pastor. Not in the room, relax. <laughs> okay. What do you do in those moments? I'm desperate. You go back to the foundations, and you keep building and let God move. You find your appointment, and you just keep doing it. We had this, uh, we had this thing in the phone company. I, I, I was a phone guy for a few years. Back when we used landlines, you may not know, but uh, they, were, they, they were in the sky. They were lines, electrical. They went to your house. You made calls on them. It was wires. This is a whole different time. Um, but... But I was a phone guy, and I remember they had this rule, be where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. Basically, if you were a union guy, because, you know, we, we weren't around the city, you know, and this is kind of pre-GPS, you know, they could ping us, but it took like half an hour, you know. Now it's like, takes me, you know, a minute to find out where somebody's at on my phone with my, find my iPhone, but, but then it took, took a while you know, and then it took them another 30 minutes to see if you're actually there, if they came out to you. And the, and the rule was, look, you'll never get in trouble if you're where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. And the truth is, in the kingdom of God, if you're lost, confused, broken, and hurt, be where you're supposed to be in your given assignment, doing what you're meant to be doing. And God's will, if you can't find it, will find you. It will. Like, what's God's will? What's God's will? Mostly you. You are God's will. He wants you, your heart, your passion, your desires. You. Like, what's he want to do with my life? Mostly know you. Stuff works out from that. Yeah, plans, purpose, for sure. But you, you're the plan. I remember years ago, I led like a internship and I had I had a, a, a pastor friend who recently died his son was gonna come and he was a this guy this guy's dad was like a hero in my life and he, he's like well what's the point what's the point of this program and I just said you you're the point he's the point God getting a hold of us get a hold of me Lord so much so that I don't want I don't want out again I want to know you I want to find my appointment and do it well. Like right now, I, I don't want to be in a mega church. I want to be right here. I don't want to be at a, at a church in such and such city. There's times I'm like, you know, a red state on a beach where people just leave me alone? That'd be nice, you know? And then I remember, this isn't a beach body. <laughs> this is meant for withstanding weather. 
right? I'm right where I'm meant to be. God is good, and He's moving. And when everybody quits, will you stand and know, like, this is my assignment. This is where I'm meant to be. And I won't quit. When everybody bails, this is where God wants me. Man, that, that is so rare today. So many people find something better. How many of you have quit on the assignment of God on your life because of devastation that came your way? How many of you knew the will of God for your life and you stepped, up, you stepped back like it was, it was just too hard? How many of you never stepped into God's will for your life? You thought, I, I don't belong there. Let me encourage you. You were lied to. You believed some lies. And Jesus is the best answer for unbelieving lies. Believe who he made you to be instead of who you think you are. A son and a daughter. You have a purpose and a place and a position. God has an assignment for you. But even better than that, God has a relationship for you. He wants you to know him. You know, God rebukes me here and there, but I find so much more often he encourages me. And every time he does, I always want to push back. Like, I don't deserve that. I don't want to believe that. Hear the whisper of the Lord today. That God says, I want to rebuild you. I can remold you. I can use you mightily. You have purpose, a plan, and a destiny, and an appointment. You were meant somewhere. I'm going to brag on him. He doesn't know this. But, but Scott, we call him the professor. <laughs> he doesn't know I'm going to do this because uh, you just told me this morning. <laughs> but he has a heart to see people recover and come out of addiction. It's a burden on his life. He even wrote a book about it. It's coming out when? Two weeks. Comes out in two weeks. And I said, hey, man, have you ever heard of Celebrate Recovery, et cetera? He's like, no, it's a plan out of Saddleback. It's, 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 it's just a great program for helping people come out of addiction. It's not the only way. It's a way. He comes in this morning like, yeah, oh, so I'm going to go to some of the meetings. I'm going to go check it out. And uh, maybe, you know, and I think long term, maybe, maybe God could do that here. And we'll have a Celebrate Recovery, right? That's a guy who knows his assignment. I said one thing to him. But he knows the call. And as you pursue that call, it's amazing what God will do. You're like, I, I see no opportunities. Stop looking for opportunity and start looking for the Creator. He will make a way. When you don't know what to do, get to know the one who knows all things. Lean into relationship with God. This morning I was talking, I won't pick on him, but he reminded me, like, when we struggle in our marriages, you know what we go back to? What I always go back to? The friendship. Not the romance, not the intimacy, not what are we going to do with our kids. Let's get back to being friends. 
And we figure out the rest from there. The foundations, what are the foundations we get back to as Jesus followers? Jesus is the one true God, firstborn of all creation. He came, God became a man, lived a sinless life, came down to us and said, I come to you. You can't get to me. Unlike every other religion on the planet, you cannot get to me. Every other religion believes you can somehow reach your way to God. Christianity is the only one where Jesus says, you can't get to me, but I will come to you. And I will make the way from you to me. Dies on the cross to pay for our sins once and for all. And rises again on the third day. Hands the keys to the church and says, this is my plan. It's broken, it's messed up, but here's the thing. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, so it's going to get you through all this stuff. And I'm pretty sure it's worked so far. These are the foundations we get back to. So, well, that's basic. I need something more complex. I am telling you, complicated buildings without a strong foundation are worthless. We just saw a horrible thing that happened in Miami, right? Building collapse. As it turns out, probably mostly building, fault, uh, building faults in the process. Bad foundations ruin great things. When you don't know what to do, when you're decimated, get back to the foundation. Does God love you? Yes, he does. Does God have a plan for you? Yes, he does. Is his word true? Yes, it is. Is the church where you're meant to be? Yes, it is. And the last one, it says, laborers who worked with one hand and in the other hand were holding a weapon. I think there really is, and this is not me being super weird, we are in a transition. Can anybody say, could, would somebody agree with me? Seems like things are changing right now. Right? America's changing. The world is changing. Things are shifting. But here's the thing. Whenever there's a great change, there's another move of God. And I think there's another move coming. But it's not people who are just going to be great in the pulpit. It's not people who are going to be, I attend church and I go there and that's good. It's going to be a people who know how to build and who know how to battle. It's going to be believers who are far more holistic. Who, uh, yeah, I belong to a local church. There's a lot of people, anybody know people like that's all they were? They went to church. Did they know Jesus? I don't know, but they went to church. And then there's others who are like, well, man, they can quote the Bible up and down. Yeah, what's their life like? Kind of a mess. I believe God is perfecting his bride right now and doing an even better thing. And God is asking that of us, draw near and become people who know how to build and battle, but most of all, who know how to be in relationship with the Father. We know we talk to him. We give him things. We wrestle with Him if we need to, and we worship Him. Believers that get that whole picture better. I believe in a lot of the both ands. Too long has the church said, 
will I be a seeker church or a church that just nurtures people, you know, who, 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 who are already along in their walk? That is not a distinction in the Bible, and it's not one we'll make here. Because we're meant to be holistic believers that reach and raise. We won't only be about the gathering, we'll also be about the going. But we're not giving the, either one up because our hand's going to be at work and at war. And God wants that for you. He wants to rebuild your life, give you an assignment, and make you effective. And some of you have forgotten that. Some of you just flat out don't believe it. That he wants to heal your life, give you an assignment, and make you effective. How many people in here, don't raise your hands, decimated by divorce? How many people here lost a business and you just don't know how to recover? What do I do now? How many people lost touch with their kids and I don't know how to get them back? Worst of all is how many people in this room today watching online say, I lost my Jesus. I'm not close with him like I once was. I messed up. And you want a restoration again. You want to feel close. You want to rebuild best part is God is not outside the story of Nehemiah. He is the story. It's not Nehemiah's story. It's God's. God's the one who built, the one who protected, who went to war, who called Nehemiah. This is all him. So if you're like, I can't do it. No. I would say, correct. (laughs) You cannot. He does. All we do is say, yeah, come on, God. Rebuild me forgive me. Give me back a relationship. Give me an assignment again. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10.